Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Uh, good evening, everybody. Good to see you tonight. Thank you for making the time to come in to worship the Lord on the midweek with the people of God. And for those joining us online, we do, of course, welcome you as well tonight. Amen. And uh, thank you again for keeping us in prayer here at Cork Church. A lot of people have been sending in not just prayer requests, but also uh, we've been receiving a lot of emails from people just thanking us as well for the online broadcasts throughout the pandemic. It's been a a difficult couple of years, but God's really been faithful to us. Amen. And uh, it's great we've made friends you know, not, not just all over the city, country, or around the world. Uh, God has knit many hearts together, and it's just an honor to be able to serve the Lord today in the, in the hour that we live in. And we do live in a very dangerous hour, but we also live in a very wonderful time, and a time that God is wanting to move and will move. Uh, the kingdom of God has been forcefully advancing, and deliberate men will lay hold of it. So if you have a sense of that deliberation in your heart that you want to stay with the work of God, then put one foot in front of the next and keep walking with the Lord, keep your heart clean and your ears open to his word and God will guide you and God will lead you. Praise the Lord. Let's go straight to the word of God tonight. And uh, I want us to turn to uh, the Gospel of Mark. Uh, Gospel of Mark chapter 8 and verse 22. Then they came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and brought him out of the village, spitting on his eyes and laying his hands on him. He asked him, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look to me like trees walking. Again, Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes, and he saw distinctly, and he was cured and could see everything clearly. May God bless the reading of the word. Amen. Um, the 6th of uh, October, actually, is, a, is quite a famous day in, in the Christian calendar for those of you who like your history. It actually is the day that William Tyndale, the man that converted the scriptures into the English vernacular, was in, outside in a little town outside of Brussels. He was tied to a stake and he was choked to death publicly, and after that his body burned because he stood for the Word of God, because he wanted the Word of God to be in the hands of the common plowboy, as he put it at his time. In those times, the Bible was uh, held in languages above the people. You know, it wasn't in the vernacular of the people. It was kept in Latin, and it was kept in Greek, and kept in Hebrew, and it was to keep it away from the masses. And of course, that's always a ploy of the devil, because Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And so to keep people away from the truth meant that you could hold them into bondage, into false ideologies, false theologies, hold them in fear of churches. And, and uh, Rome, the Roman church, Roman Catholicism was masterful at that, of course, because they were the ones that were behind the killing of this great man of God, William Tyndale. Before he died, he expressed uh, to his superiors, because he was within that whole church system, he was a man that was trying to reform it, 
And within that church system, he, he wanted, it was burning in his heart to, 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 to make the scriptures more easily accepted or easily uh, um, held in the hands of the common people. And uh, John Bell, the chancellor of the diocese of Worcester, uh, who once said to him, we'd be better off without God's laws rather than the Pope's laws. To which Tyndale, resp- Tyndale responded this. He said, I defy the Pope and all his laws. And if God spares my life, ere many years, I will cause the boy that driveth the plow to know more scriptures than thou. <laughs> what, what a cheeky beggar you could say at the time. But that was the sort of tenacity of these men. You must remember to hold such a persuasion in the time when they were, you were, you were, they were burning people at the stake for heresy wholesale. It was, it was going throughout, all throughout Europe at that time. And this man was a man of great courage and great conviction that would stand up against the tyranny of tyrannical Christian churches. And there was a lot of them, friends. There was a lot of history that is very, very dark and very, very awful to which great men like Tyndale tried to bring the light of the gospel. And of course, in the 6th of uh, October, they, they took his life publicly in that square. Interesting, a year after he died, they then began to loosen up because his death was like another seed that went into the ground. And they, they, they liberalized the idea of, of bringing the scriptures into the English language. And so the AV version, the authorized version of the King James, King James Version, as we know, had actually, when you looked at it, 84% direct translation from Tyndale for the New Testament and 75.8% translation for the Old Testament, all by this one great man of God. But as they were, before they strangled him, before they, they, they put him on the stake and they strangled him publicly and then they burnt his body, they obviously gave him a few words to say and his words, his last words was this, God opened the King of England's eyes. That was the last words of this man. God opened the king of England's eyes. And so tonight, I just want to just share a thought with you. It's a thought I've been sharing with some of the pastors. It was really last week when Brother Hamp was ministering. It really touched my heart and provoked me in other ways of thinking. And so I'm just going to share. I was going to keep this for another time and develop it. But I feel from the Lord to share it tonight. And so we're reading here tonight in the Gospel of Mark this story of this man who comes to Jesus, and he's a blind man, as we know, and Jesus takes him outside of the village and does the very, you could say, the very insulting thing of spitting into his eyes and, and says, do you see? And, uh, of course, there's a, there is that supernatural touch of God upon this man, and he says, I see men like trees walking. And so there is, as is in the physical, so there can also be in the spiritual for us, friends, a great parallel to our own lives. When many of us, can be so indifferent to the world around us. So indifferent. And actually, I've seen Christianity fall foul to what I would think is a very meager gospel. A lot of Christians today, have their testimony is nothing other than, I hope that they can see Christ in me. I hope just by sitting at the typewriter or the computer at work, that some glow will come out of me and people will see me. And we'll see Christ in me. And you know, that's, there's nothing wrong with it. We want people to see Christ in us. Can you say an amen? There should be something because the Holy Spirit does live in us. And we don't always need to be announcing. You know, I, you know but there is, sometimes we rest in that place. We rest, you know, I hope they can see me. I think it's kind of spiritual narcissism. Sometimes it's turned into, you know, that I, you know, I'm just this, 
innocuous person in the workplace. I never open my mouth. I never say anything. But they might just see something in me. And sometimes we try to console ourselves to, that is, to saying that that's some sort of Christian testimony or witness. But, you know, I was so taken last week when Brother Hamp was talking about the, the Babylonian takeover or the, the, the assimilation of the Jews into Babylon. You know, how very easily it was for, for, Christian, for the Christian testimony to just become so innocuous like this, so bland. And the Holy Spirit touched my heart and he said, you know, it's grand for people to see me in you. But when are you going to see the people? When are you going to see the people? And it, it, it hit me. I was sitting here and was like the Holy Spirit was saying, when are you, Nick, going to start seeing the people? It's grand to get up and preach. It's grand to get out in the workplace. It's grand to be a good person. It's grand to be a good light and testimony. But you know, so oftentimes as Christians, we are sitting in a world and we see men as trees, as some sort of commodity, as some sort of thing that we can exploit for either our own ego or our own financial benefit, to go up a corporate ladder, some sort of consumer. And yet, I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to do something in all of our lives, not just me, in all of our lives, that would get us back to a place of seeing the awful need that's around us in this world. The desperate need, friends. And I'm not talking about just food and feed cork and, the, uh, and, and those on the streets. I'm talking about men and women that are on the edge of eternity. As we sit behind our computers and jump into our cars and go about our business... And never see truly the need around us. It's appalling, friends. You know, the disciples fell into that trap. They saw the people as a bother. Don't be bothering the master now. They saw the children as a nuisance. You know, when, the fight, when Jesus fed the 5,000 and he came to them in the Galilee. And he, fed, he taught them all day long. He was tired. And he said to them, you give them something to eat. Of course, they're indignant. They don't want to do this. The, the people are something to bless us by. The people are there and somehow to massage our egos. But I want to tell you, friends, God has placed you and I in this world, not just to be a light, but also to be salt. Amen. Not to be some sort of silent witness. There's times to be silent, but there's times to ask the Holy Spirit of God, open my eyes. God, open the eyes of the King of England, that he would see the validity of your word, the importance of your word going into the entire English system, touching the very fabric from the ground up of that great nation. And they were and became a great nation indeed, brought the gospel all over the world. It's said that when the Bible was eventually translated into the English language, it, set, it cast the die for the whole civilization. The common plowboy indeed knew more verses of the Bible than the bishop that was over them in the chapels. And that was, and it, as a result of that, friends, righteousness, right thinking, the word of God permeating into society, into the very fundamentals of our, of our, of, 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 of the world around us, brought about a harvest, friends, brought about a decency, brought about a, a, a capturing of the qualities of God and a manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit. Because the Bible says the word of God is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Someone say, you're the only Bible people may read. And that's true. Lord, let them see Christ to me. That's great, church. But I am here tonight just to bring you, for all you hear from this message, because that's all I can underline to you tonight, is to ask the Lord, God is saying to you, and God is saying to me, when are you going to see the people? And it's amazing, we come into the gospel, 
So in love with the Lord, and that's right, because we come from darkness, we understand the darkness we've come out of, we understood that we were on the wrong side of God, we were going to a lost eternity, we had no hope in our lives, should we have died at any time during that time, we would have burned in the fires of hell, and justly so, friends, for our sin was very great. And God, somewhere in that journey, interjected into our lives, and we found that great salvation, and we fell in love with him. And we were enamored with him. And we should should be enamored with him. And still should be in love with him. But we should also love the things that he loves, friends. And God loves the world. And the world is not the physical things. Much as we can turn people into some sort of commodity. Some sort of thing to either burn or use. Some sort of utility for ourselves or our own exploitation. And that is not who people are. The fallen sons of Adam, friends. The Bible says God so loves them. God sees the peril that this world is in. God sees the darkness that we're in. But you know, many of us, friends, don't see the danger that our neighbors are in today. We don't see the danger of our workmates. We don't see the dangers of those who are near us and close to us who don't know the Lord. Somehow we've become blinded. Somehow we've become naturally rationalized. Somehow we've got our heads out of what the Bible narrative is that the Son of Man keep seeking to save that which is lost. And we're in a world of lost people today. Somehow we've turned Christianity into great quality songs on a Sunday morning and a Wednesday night and a cup of tea afterwards and some Christian fellowship. And we leave these, these walls, friends, and we behave little different than the world around us. We're not doing anything wrong. But we're just not seeing what God would have us to see. And when you get to that place in your life, sometimes, friends, you need a second touch of God. Sometimes when you say, you know what, I'm not seeing lost people the way God sees them. I'm not seeing the enormity of the moment. I'm not seeing how dark the situation is. I'm not seeing how much peril my friend is in. Some of you got friends. You pal around with them. You love them. They're your buddies. They're your friends. They're your workmates. They're your colleagues. You may play tennis with them. You may play badminton. Whatever you do. But somehow you've lost sight that there are men and women needing to hear the love of God. We fail to see how dangerous their situation is, how broken their lives are, how blind they are, how far from God. How when they leave your company and they go home to a house, sometimes staring at a ceiling for hours, looking for an answer, yet we don't see the people. We don't see the need. Oh, God, help us tonight. God, help me tonight to be more intentional in how I live my life. You know, that Wednesday night we left, I went home, I spoke to my wife, I said, you know what? And it's not there's any tension in this area between us. I said, I'm determined by the grace of God, there's going to be Sundays, there's going to be Wednesdays, there's going to be other days of the week where I won't be able to be home for a certain time because the Lord is going to redirect me. I will have to meet you at at four o'clock, but God has put someone in my path, amen. And I see men and I see women, not just as... Not just as bus drivers or taxi drivers or people to help me on my journey, but somehow that God has put me into their world, amen, to share the love of God with them, to be concerned, to see men, not as trees, friends, not as commodities, not as something that we can exploit, but to see them as God sees them, that the love of God is all over them and the love of God has been poured out for them at Calvary. We see men, I, I, I... I've fallen, I'm going to be the first to admit this. 
You can get so busy, friends, with things that you forget people. It's so easy. Because life is busy. But if that's where you are today, I don't preach this in condemnation to any man or woman because it's typical of all of us. But what I do say that there is a second touch from God. There's a second touch where God can really open your eyes to the spiritual condition, the world around you, and give you a capacity to see people the way God sees them. And to value them the way God values them. Not how much tithes and offerings they can give or pay. Not if there's a big check coming. Not if they're talented or untalented. Not if they're educated or uneducated. To see them as the fallen sons of Adam. To be redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Oh God, I pray tonight that something would happen in all our hearts. That God would touch us tonight. For those of you, if you're like me tonight, we're going to go and pray in a few moments actually. But we're going to pray, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit, oh God, as you touch this man. I've also been blinded, oh God. Somehow I thought that this Christian life now was all about me. And that's when Israel got it wrong in the Old Testament, when the Lord said to Moses to tell Pharaoh to let these people go that they may serve me. But no, no, it's serving ourselves that's taking over our lives. Not serving him. You're getting too busy, friends. For things that don't matter, things that don't count, they won't count. In the face of eternity, friends, they're nothing. I remember a good friend of mine preaching a sermon once, and he, 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 said, he asked a question. He said, there's only one thing better than going to heaven. And he asked the people, did they know what that was? And nobody knew at the time, but you all probably know it now, and nobody knew it. Nobody knew how to answer it. He said, there's only one thing better than going to heaven. He said, that's taking somebody with you. Hallelujah. He said, there's only one thing worse than going to hell. And that's taking someone with you. And I want to tell you tonight, Christian, there's men and women are going into a destructive place called hell today. It exists. It's horrible. Jesus talked about it. They're in danger. They're in mental illness because of sin. They're in addiction because of sin. They're in brokenness. They're in selfishness. They're in rebellion. And God has placed you and I right in the midst of that Babylon. And that God now tonight would touch our eyes to see the people that he sees. I don't want to say anymore. I want us to pray. Would you stand with me tonight and just pray with me? If your Christianity has just been about a social life here at this church or scratching some sort of spiritual itch and you've missed the heart of God, you, you know, then welcome to the club. But it doesn't need to stay that way. I want, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And I want you to ask the Lord, just like this man got a second touch from, from Christ. Say, Christ, you touched my life. I'm saved. You touched me, Jesus. I know you've forgiven me. I know, God, your hand is upon me. But somehow along this journey, I haven't seen the people that you've called me to. And I've been so blinded to their need. And all I can see is my own needs, my own house, my own paneled house, my own wallpaper, my own cooking, and my own gardening, and my own children. And I fail to see the very dear people that you've put into my path. And so God, touch my eyes, open my spiritual eyes. Lift your hands to the Lord tonight, friends, because 
you know, you can, you can leave the same way you came in here tonight, and that would be, that would be a, a shame, and that would be a waste of an hour and a half service tonight. Or you can leave here tonight knowing that God's touched your eyes, that something has begun in your journey that would cause you to leave here tonight and be circumspect in how you live. That you would leave here tonight and say, Oh God, open the eyes, not just of the king, but open my eyes. Not just the eyes of this person or that person, but open my eyes that I would see people the way you see them. And that I would love them the way you love them. And that I would be concerned for them. And I would shepherd them. And I would go after them, Lord. And there would be an intention in my life, oh God, to live the way you had called me to live. Father, I pray right now, Lord God, as we just go before you in prayer tonight, Lord. As we come before your, your throne, oh God. As we come before your presence, Lord. In all our vulnerabilities, Lord, and in all our weakness, Lord God, and in all our failures, God, we know that you've touched us, Lord, and you've put your Holy Spirit upon us. But tonight I pray, God, that we will not be assimilated into Babylon, oh God, that, Lord, no, God, that we will, Lord, see men and women for who they are, God, and we would reach out with the love of Christ tonight, Lord. Lord, I pray for those uncles and aunts, Lord, that were too frightened to talk to, Lord. Those cousins, Lord, God, those siblings, Lord, that should we mention your name, we're worried about World War III. Lord, I pray for those work colleagues alongside us, Lord, that we don't want to look too freakish. Lord, I pray, Lord, for the neighbors, Lord, that we're worried in case we draw down flack, oh God. I pray for the boss, Lord, in case, Lord, we don't want to talk to him in case, Lord, we don't get promoted, Lord. I pray for the guys in school, Lord, that we won't be looked upon as being cool. I pray, Lord God, for all these situations that all of a sudden, Lord, you would touch us, Lord, and help us to see, Lord, how in peril they are, Lord, how in danger they are, Lord, where they are, Lord. Give us a compassion. Give us a real burden, oh God. Give us a compassion tonight for these people, God. I come before you, Lord, and I ask you, Lord God, even for this gathering tonight, Lord God, with these people in front of us, Lord, these brothers and sisters, God, you touch us, Lord. But the wider body of Cork Church, God, and those who are watching on, those who are in fellowship with us throughout the world, oh God, that God, you would give them a second touch to the rise tonight, Father. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Come on, call out to the Lord. Ask him to touch you tonight. Ask the Holy Spirit to come and spark that love in, the, in your heart for these men and women. God, I pray, Lord, for those that we rub shoulder, Lord God, day to day, Lord God, in our food bank, oh God. Oh, Jesus, sometimes we just become indifferent, oh God, and presumptuous, Lord God. And Father, I pray for them, Lord God. I pray, Lord, we not look at people as being people that just fill baskets, oh God, or just put food out there, Lord, or just play worship, oh God. Oh, Lord God, those who, Lord, we barter in the workplace with God, I pray. You give us your heart tonight, Lord. Open our eyes, oh God. Open our eyes and show us great and wondrous things, oh God. Open our eyes, oh God, and give us a compassion. And give us, Lord God, a heart, Lord God, for the people of this broken world, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at courtchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.courtchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.